Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. Hello, hello. This week, I'd love to explore with you the relationship between using our intuition as coaches, those downloads that we have about our clients, those intuitive hits that we get, which say, use this technique, or perhaps that question is a good question to ask right there, or pause now and wait for more information to be forthcoming. Balancing our intuition with scripts, with tried and tested frameworks, with ways in which we coach that are based around a structured approach. So balancing those two things and how do we develop it? How do we develop our intuition? How do we develop our ability to just know when something isn't quite right with our client or when there is more information perhaps that they haven't yet revealed? And it's interesting to me because I think coaching is both an art and a science and the coaching relationship is one that is, you know, very unique and it's it's reliant heavily upon us being in good rapport with our client, in having that relationship with them where they feel comfortable and confident in going to the heart of the matter, in working more deeply with us, in communicating with us in a way that isn't surface level, that goes beyond what perhaps they would tell other people in their lives uh, that is, you know, happening in their inner world or their outer world. And so the relationship does really rely on our ability as a coach to have that really strong rapport-based bond. And we know that if we don't have rapport with a client, then what that means is that they're going to be in resistance. They will resist doing the work. They may resist doing tasks that we ask them to do. They may resist, for example, taking action or even if we were to ask them to take a nice deep breath in and close their eyes, they may not follow our directions there either. And so when we're wanting to work with our clients and to have the best possible outcome for them, what we're really wanting to do is to make sure that we are balancing out our ability to intuitively know and read our clients and our ability to use diagnostic tools, frameworks, questioning techniques, scripts for Example for modalities like hypnotherapy, we use scripts or timeline therapy. And the reason that this is really important is that, you know, as mindset coaches, particularly where we're working with that holistic combination of behaviors and thoughts and emotions and history and beliefs and values and identity, because we're working in such a holistic way, we really need to know what we need to know. And 
in understanding our clients, in getting that information that we need as the foundation for working with them, we do actually have to have some structure around that information gathering process. We're not just winging it. Our clients don't come to a coaching session only to be asked, what do you want to focus on today with no plan and no structure? We don't create coaching interventions or services or coaching programs where we're not very clear at the outset about what is the client's outcome, where are they now, where do they want to be, and how are we going to help them to achieve that desired result, that desired goal. So we are very uh, driven to make sure that every experience that we facilitate with a client is one that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's an end point. There is a transformation that occurs. And we're also very conscious of the fact that in order for that transformation to occur, we need to have some processes, the way in which we use certain modalities in place that will help our clients in the right way at the right time and that we're always making decisions throughout that coaching process about what will best fit with our client in any given moment, what is going to help them to get the best result. So it's really this marriage of developing our intuition about our client and the questions we need to ask and the interventions that we're going to be most appropriately using with them and most transformationally and powerfully using with them uh, with the diagnostic tools, with the deep understanding of how they're doing the problem, of how they are living their life, of how they're perceiving themselves and the world around them. And so it is very powerful when we have a combination of diagnostics, tools and processes uh, to be gathering that information that we need to really effectively work with our clients and we marry that up with that intuition and that actually gives us permission to use our intuition. So, for example, when we look at uh, our clients' brains, they tend to take in information, a lot of information is coming at us at any one second. There's over 2 million bits of information that we take in every single second that we have available to us. So it could be things that we're seeing, hearing, feeling, things that we're saying to ourselves, the sights, the smells, the sounds, the tastes around us. And our own little thought pattern, our own little voice inside our head. There's a lot going on. And so as we experience life, as we go through life and we are taking in everything through all our senses, we can only really pay specific attention to seven plus or minus two chunks of information or about 134 bits of information in a second. And because of that, what that means is that we need to delete, distort and generalise information so that it fits within the context of our understanding of our model of the world so that we will recognise things as being more or less familiar and we group them together. We also delete information that at that moment in time is irrelevant to our experience. For example, until I mention it now, you're probably not aware of your eyes blinking or the breath as it enters your lungs and as you inhale and exhale. 
And so when we're working with our clients, they have so much information that's available to them in any given moment. And then what happens in the coaching relationship is that we're asking them to describe their experience. So what they're describing as their experience can only be a very small proportion, the proportion that they've paid attention to in relation to themselves and the world around them in relation to that experience or that situation that they've been through. And so as coaches, what we really want to do is uncover those missing pieces. What are the parts of our client's experience that they haven't paid attention to, they're not necessarily aware of, certainly not at the conscious level, and that therefore they aren't sharing with us as their coach. They are not able to recall maybe or they don't give it weight, they don't give it importance and so they don't reveal that information to us and that is our job to uncover that kind of like a detective. (laughs) You know, you're going in and you're really wanting to deeply understand the nature of your client's model of the world, of how your client runs the problem, how your client runs the the habit that they have, how they actually get into that emotional state. How do they become so angry or so frustrated? How do they lack confidence? What are they doing that dulls their motivation? And so when we are going and working with our client, we're having these conversations with them, We want to rely on tools that will help us to uncover those things in their experience that they're generalizing, deleting and distorting because we need that information and they need that information in order to make a change. So, for example, people will generalize and they'll say, "Um, nothing ever goes right for me or I always get things wrong. And, of course, that's not true. (laughs) Um, And what we can do with those generalisations is to say always, has there ever been a time when it has gone right? Or never, has there ever been a time when it has happened? We also, in our minds, can set up constructs that add additional layers of meaning. And so, for example, a client may say something like, he's always late, he doesn't care about me. And that's called a complex equivalence. The client is saying because someone is late, it means that they don't care. And again, that's not necessarily true. So we can explore that with our client by saying things like or asking questions like, has there ever been a time when you've been late for someone and you still care about them? Because what we're doing there is we're actually reframing that experience. We're changing the meaning of that experience and we're really opening up our clients' awareness to that. Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. The other things that can limit people, and there are a lot of programs that we talk about, there are a lot of questions that we ask to uncover deletions, distortions and generalisations in the work that we do. 
But the other thing that people can often say is things like, I have to, I have to finish this tonight. I should do this or this would happen. Well, who says? Who says that you have to? What would happen if you didn't? What would happen if you left it till the morning? And again, in asking these questions of our clients, we're helping them to rethink about things, you know, to consider things in a whole new light and to uncover information that they have perhaps been neglecting, they've not been paying attention to in their wider experience. Now, we go into these patterns in a lot more detail, of course, in the Mindset Coach Certification Program. And if it's of interest to you, I will do another episode specifically about how to uncover those things with your client. But for now, you know, it is just one element of the information that we're gathering or recovering in our coaching session with our client. It's information that we want to bring back up to the surface that we really want to clarify. And so that is one of the diagnostic or the questioning techniques that we can use with our client. Of course, there are many other techniques as well and frameworks that we use. So we use goal setting processes where we really want to understand what the client's goal is. What is it specifically that they want? What will they see, hear and feel when and be saying to themselves when they've achieved that goal? How do they represent the having of that goal to themselves? And again, there are a whole swathe of questions that follow on from those initial questions that enable us to really deeply understand the goal itself, how the, goal, how the client perceives themselves in relation to the goal, what they're going to be thinking and feeling and saying to themselves when they've achieved it, and also how it fits within the wider ecology of their life. You know, is it in alignment with their values? Do they believe it's possible for them? And so we use these processes, again, to give us more information about our client, how our client acts and interacts with the world, how they think, what they believe, how they feel. And we also then can explore using other frameworks like the DILTS model or the logical levels of therapy, we can explore how those things interact and our client interacts with their environment, with the level of skill and capability that they have, with the beliefs that they hold about themselves and the world around them, with what they are paying attention to, where does their motivation lie? We can explore their values and we can explore their identity and all of these factors, really, really important information for us to understand because, again, if we don't dive deeply with our clients into understanding the structure and the nature of how they've arrived at where they are today. How are they doing the problem? How are they maintaining it? And how are they maintaining the state that they're in? Um, Unless we understand that, we can't make a change. Because remember, in order for your client to come to you and want to either resolve an issue that they're facing, um, accelerate their success, change a habit, change the way they feel about themselves, whatever it might be, they're single and they want to have a partner, if they are jobless and they want to find a job, if they want to start a business, if they're earning a certain amount of money and they want to earn more money, if they're grieving the loss of a loved one, if they are overweight and they want to become fitter and healthier, if they want to have a goal of running a marathon, whatever it is, whatever they come to you for and whatever the existing or the current state is with your client, 
they every single day are maintaining that state and they're maintaining that state of being through their mindset. They're maintaining it through the thoughts they think. They're maintaining it through the emotions that they feel, through the actions that they take or the actions they don't take. They're maintaining it through their beliefs about themselves and the world around them, their values. There is so much here. There's so much richness that we need to understand in order to move forward with our client and make really good choices about the interventions, the modalities that we use with our client so that they can achieve the transformation that they desire. And so we do have structure. We do have questions that we ask and information that we want to gather because it's all part of that diagnostic phase. Another example is that we like to know our client's behavioural preferences. Now, our mindset diagnostic tool, the Mindset Dimensions Report, measures all of these things. Uh, We also teach how to understand someone's behavioural preferences in a conversation, And knowing these, knowing whether your client has a preference for introversion, for example, versus extroversion, or whether they need a lot of detail versus just the big picture, whether they move towards what they desire or whether they're really much more motivated away from what they don't want. Knowing these and the other behavioural preferences is such an important set of information, again, that we have about our clients. And The way that we uncover this is in a structured way, through structured questioning, through questions that are scientifically and psychologically designed to elicit the response that aligns with that behavioural preference. We don't use our intuition necessarily. We are using a framework to gather the information. Now, the gathering, of course, of this information frees us up to use our intuition. Another thing that we use as mindset coaches is we want to understand someone's strategies, our clients' habits. How do they actually do what they're doing? How do they run those habits, those strategies at the unconscious level? What is the trigger? What has to happen in order for them to start a habit? So whether that habit is of being motivated or going for a run every day, whether that habit is to start their morning routine, or whether that habit is to get frustrated in a meeting when a certain colleague is talking, whatever the habit is, we want to know how our client runs that habit. And again, we have a series of questions that we ask our client. We have a structure, a framework that we ask our client We make notes on so that we know the answer, so that we, again, can, if we were to try on that sequence of steps, we could replicate that habit. We could run that strategy ourselves. Now, this isn't about rigidity. Actually, all of these frameworks, and there are many more that we use, right, to gather information, but each and every one of these frameworks is designed not to be rigid and not to be prescriptive, but actually they're designed to give us freedom and flexibility. Because once we have the information about our client, about how they're doing what they're doing and how they keep repeating it, then we can help them change. And then we can start to use our intuition and we can continue to use our intuition, I should say, because we use it right throughout anyway. This gives us the foundation upon which our intuition can flourish. Now, there's another 
couple of examples where using scripts and using set phraseology, set words in a set order is critical. And that is in hypnotherapy and also in timeline therapy. Let's start with hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy is the most gentle and permissive way of helping someone to change and and really to communicate with the subconscious and unconscious mind. And it is really about helping our clients to go into a trance and to experience that sense of really deep relaxation. Now, as we're helping our client or facilitating uh, trance with our clients, we're actually using words in a certain order, and those words are designed to be artfully vague. They are designed to lead our client to create an image in their mind or a feeling in their body or to hear certain sounds. And we are guiding our client through that process. We use a script in a specific way so that we're inducing a certain state. Now, that state, the overriding state, of course, is one of deep relaxation. It's one of trance. But in addition to that, what we're also doing is we're cultivating the emotional state that the client wants to experience as a result of making the change, whatever change that may be, that we're using hypnotherapy for. And so when we use specific hypnotic language patterns that are designed to induce trance, that are designed to distract and confuse the conscious mind, we do so with volition. And that's why using a script in hypnotherapy is really important. It is about us facilitating this visualization journey for our clients that takes them to deeper and deeper levels of unconscious, unconscious receptivity. Okay. And so we want to be able to do that. We also want to be able to somewhat predict where our client's mind is going to go as we use that language. And also to make sure that when we're doing so, we're not bringing in imagery or wording that could potentially jar our clients and bring them up out of trance into conscious uptime. So say, for example, if you were working with a client who perhaps was afraid of water and you used a script which had very um, was very heavily, uh, had a heavy emphasis on watery imagery. Say, for example, you were talking to a client about imagining sitting by the, on the shores of a lake or by the ocean, on the sand by the ocean, maybe even going into the ocean, then that can actually be detrimental, of course, to our client and will bring them up into conscious uptime because they've been afraid of the water. So we need to know about our clients, enough about our clients when we're working with them, such that the scripts we use and the scripts that we create are going to be such that they flow easily and naturally and also that they're accepted without question and that there is no resistance. Another thing when we're thinking about uh, working with the unconscious mind is that with timeline therapy, which is working with the unconscious mind um, in cooperation with the conscious mind, is that We really want that process is context-free. 
And so what this means is that when we use timeline therapy, we are not going to re-imprint any trauma in our client. We are actually using timeline therapy and the words of a timeline therapy script in a very, very deliberate way. And the reason that the scripts in timeline therapy are written as they are is because, again, we don't want to attach any meaning or have the client attach any meaning to words that will break the state of their experience of journeying along the timeline. And so the words have been very carefully crafted and curated such that whether you have a client who is highly auditory digital, has a high processing function or is highly kinesthetic or visual or auditory, they are still going to be able to have that experience along the timeline because nothing in that script is designed to jar, to bring out of conscious uptime into conscious uptime. It's all designed to be a natural, easy to do process so that the client at all times is in cooperation with their unconscious mind. We are not inputting additional information or our additional interpretation either into that process because that process is not our process. It's our client's journey. It's our client's process. We facilitate it in terms of helping them to release negative or unwanted emotions and limiting decisions, doubts, fears and insecurities. We use it to help them to get rid of unwanted beliefs. We help use it as well to help them to really put goals into their future, to embrace their future. And we do it in such a way that, yes, we're using our intuition and, yes, we're using our sensory acuity. We're paying attention to our clients all the time that we're working with them. And, of course, during those experiences, if our client isn't releasing emotions, then we enable them to release by using some of the phraseology that will enable them to do that by dissociating them even further from that event that they are releasing the emotions from. And it's really, really powerful because I think if people ever feel as though they have to, there is only one way to do something and that that is just that set thing that they read and that's it, well, then that's not the correct application. Whenever we have a script, whenever we have um, a set of questions that we're going to be asking our clients, what we're always doing is knowing at the heart of us, what is it that I'm expecting that the client is going to experience? What is the client going to be doing at this point? What is the intention of these words in my script? What is the intention of this question that I'm asking? And I think if people skim along the surface and think that something is just about reading a script, then they haven't wholly embraced a process or a technique. Because every time you work with a client, it's their material that they're bringing into that relationship, okay? What you're doing at every step of the way and what your responsibility is as a coach is to understand the intention of the words, of the questions that you're asking. What are those questions? What are those words? What is that script designed to do? 
And so that's why when I'm teaching, I really want my my students, my coaching students to understand not just how to read a script and guide a process, but to deeply understand why they're doing what they're doing and to understand what the intention of that is, of each position along the timeline, for example, or of each rhyming couplet in a uh, in a hypnotherapy script, each phonological ambiguity. Why is that there? What it's designed to do? When we're asking questions, for example, when we're goal setting, what is this question designed to do? What is it designed to elicit? What will my client's experience of this question be? And again, that's why when I teach coaches at the Mindset Coach Academy, it is highly experiential. Our coaches are also clients. They experience every technique for themselves so that they know exactly how each process feels and how that they can then, when they're the coach, they can really embody that power of that transformation because they've lived it and experienced it themselves. Now, back to intuition. When you have the framework, when you have the script, when you have that diagnostic information, you have a wealth of understanding, a deep understanding of your client. And when you have that deep understanding, your intuition will flourish. Your intuition will blossom and bloom. You will have downloads, intuitive hits. Just know the right question to say at exactly the right time with your client. You'll know when to depart from perhaps your usual process. You'll know when they need a little more of something or a little less of something in order to heal. And that is the power of the balance between intuition and having frameworks and structure in your coaching toolkit. Okay. So welcome to this week's adventure in 52 Adventures to Change Your your Life. Now, this week, we're going to be exploring your genealogy. Now, it's all about exploring a little more about who you are and where you've come from in terms of your family and your family relationships, your family tree. Some of you may already have a family tree and know quite a bit about your ancestry, while others may not know much at all. So learning more about the history of your family can be a very interesting experience as you learn about the characters and lives of your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents and beyond. And this can form the basis of fantastic stories to tell your own children. I recently actually bought my dad a book, which was like a journal, and it was all about his life. So it's a journal with a series of questions about his life that he's going to fill in so that I have more information and also my children have more information as well, my siblings and my nieces and nephews, because, you know, it was full of questions that perhaps we don't think to ask, you know, like who was your best friend at school and what sport did you love to play? What was your favourite meal as a child? What was your first job? Why did you choose your first job? So many amazing questions. So there are so many different ways that you can get to know about your family tree. You can talk to relatives. You can go and look online. There are some great family tree templates. Um, You can type free resources to trace your genealogy into Google and there's a whole plethora that come up. 
You can also um, check whether someone else in your family perhaps has already done a family tree and, um, you know, then take the time if they have, maybe meet with them, have a cup of tea or a drink and go through and see if there's any gaps that you can help plug in that information. So as always, once you've done this activity, write down what you've done to complete the adventure, what you learned during the adventure, what will you now stop, start or continue doing and what you're most proud of. And um, I really hope you have fun doing this. It's something that, you know, I've done in the past and I know one of my aunts has done a lot of work around our family tree as well. Um, and it's so fascinating when we think about our own, our own personal history. So do let me know how you go with that. And in the meantime, have an amazing week this week and I'll see you again next week. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.